You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh, and she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. Howdy, folks. Meiji Fedlocks here with a little song about Kevin McCarthy, the new Speaker of the House. If you'd any doubt at all that Kev's a moron Having won the speakership, he then thanked Trump He thanked the guy who tried to end democracy Without which there'd be no need for McCarthy If you'd any doubt at all that Kev is spineless And a shameless lump of well-groomed wasted space You can tell by what he said That both his soul and brain are dead And with that said, I believe I rest my case And in parentheses, it says, sorry, I just don't have much time for someone as shamelessly self-promoting as Kevin McCarthy. Kevin's an idiot. And with that, Mangy Fetlocks (laughs) gets us started uh, for a Monday. So did you stay up late Friday night? Because honestly, I didn't mean to, but I did. I started watching and I, uh, I couldn't stop. It was just horrible. It was it was horrible. It it really was. Um, the whole spectacle from Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates being the you know the 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 kind of the last holdouts and the ones who screwed it up so that they were supposed to end on the fourteenth vote, but it took fifteen because these two morons uh, were there because <laughs> they they just apparently. Lauren Boebert screwed up on the 14th vote because she was supposed to vote for somebody. I guess not McCarthy, but, um, uh, uh, you know, she was going to vote for Matt Gates. That way she'd be recorded as having voted, but voted against McCarthy, which is what they needed for the numbers. So then when she screwed it up, then it was left up to Matt Gates, and he was supposed to vote present. I mean, he he was supposed to then vote for McCarthy, and instead he voted present, and that's when all hell broke loose. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd be vindicated, well, that uh, that my prediction would be true, in that, uh, you know, we would not still have a speaker. But they almost came to blows, and then all of a sudden they were going to adjourn for the night, for the weekend, and come back today. And then all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, Matt Gates said something to Kevin McCarthy, like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then they said, all right, we're going to do another vote. Oh, my God. It was just a spectacle and everything you'd expect. And I guess things are no better today. Honestly, I, I haven't been watching. Tonight, they're supposed to vote on the rules package. The problem is... Kevin McCarthy has four votes to spare now. And the things that he promised these the insurrectionists or the crazy caucus, as I call them, um, in order to be named speaker, which basically strips him of all his power, the things he promised them. However, he promised them things that he did not have the authority to promise. They're not up to him. They will be voted on by the entire House in this rules package. And, well, I, even though I've not watched it all today, really, I just, I couldn't, I just, I needed to just get away from it. Um, I have a feeling that it's going to be like deja vu all over again. Um, <laughs> didn't we just go through that last week? Oh, my God. I'll tell you, it was all just horrible. It was just horrible until... And I was shocked by this, and I, I, I can't believe I'm going to say it, um, because you know me. You know I am not a huge, huge, I'm not a any kind of Kevin McCarthy fan. Uh, I'm not any kind of Hakeem Jeffries fan either. And when Hakeem Jeffries got up to, I guess, hand the, the gavel over to Kevin McCarthy, he made a speech. Now he wasn't reading from a teleprompter and he didn't have a he didn't have a script although I understand he did have some notes which is to be uh expected given that he g- delivered a pretty epic speech. Now again, not a big Hakeem fan. However, I got to give him his props. This speech was great and the high point of it was the A to Z about the differences between the Democrats and the Republicans. Well, we do extend our hand of partnership to you and want to make clear that we extend and intend to try to find common ground whenever and wherever possible on behalf of the American people. Okay. Democrats, not as Republicans, not as independents, but as Americans. Yep, as Americans. Okay, now bring us the but A to Z. I also want to make clear that we will never compromise our principles. Okay. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy. Mm-hmm. Benevolence over bigotry. The Constitution over the cult. Democracy over demagogues. Economic opportunity over extremism. Freedom over fascism. Governing over gaslighting. Hopefulness over hatred. Inclusion over isolation. Justice over judicial overreach. Knowledge over kangaroo courts. Liberty (laughs) over limitation. Maturity mm-hmm. over Mar-a-Lago. Normalcy <laughs> over negativity. Opportunity over obstruction. Yeah. People over politics. Uh-huh. Quality of life issues over QAnon. Yeah. Reason over racism. Substance over slander. Triumph over tyranny. Understanding over ugliness. Yeah. Voting rights over voter suppression. Uh-huh. Working families over the well-connected. Xenial over Xenial. Yes, we can over you can't do it and zealous representation over zero sum power. Hell yeah. Wow. Do the right thing by the American people. Awesome. Let us not grow weary of doing good for the American people will reap the benefit of the harvest if we do not give up. God bless you, God bless the house, and God bless the United States of America. All right. Uh, Again, as David said in the chat room, still not a huge Hakeem Jeffries fan. 
However, I'll keep an eye on him. That was pretty damn good, right? It was. It just was. You can't deny it. So that happened. And so we wake up Saturday and it's like, ugh, all right. Or we wake up Sunday, sorry. Or no, Saturday. That was Friday night, Saturday morning. Oy. It all runs together. Then tell me, tell me you were surprised when you heard there was an insurrection in Brazil. Of course you weren't surprised because you saw it coming because you know that, um, uh, you know, you know that Donald Trump loves Jair Bolsonaro, right? So here's what happened. Bolsonaro lost the election to Lula, um, who was the president before, and then he got sent to jail and the whole thing. And well, and now he's out, right? Now I'm, I'm trying to find, damn it, I posted a photograph and now I can't find it. And and part of the problem is Mastodon is, is so um, uh, is so uh, um, difficult to figure out. Hold on. Uh, 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 now I can't find it. Um, what I'm looking for is a photograph that I sent out. I think I put it on Mastodon. Let me see if I can find it here. Is it there? No. I don't know what I did with it. Oh, there it is. I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna, let's do, let me do it this way because I want to share it with you because I'm trying to make a point here. For, and those of you who are, you know, listening to an audio stream and not uh, seeing the video, it's okay. I'm going to explain to you what I'm putting up on the on the screen. This is a photograph of Ivanka, Vanki, Vanki Trump holding a baby. Who is this baby? Tell me, do tell us. Um, so it's Ivanka Trump holding a little baby uh, in between the baby's parents. Now the baby's parents happen to be. Hold on, I want to. Uh, I want to make sure I get I get the names correct. I know the last name. The last name is Bolsonaro. Yeah. So <laughs> I I couldn't make this stuff up if I tried. That is. Eduardo, the the, uh, the 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 father there to Ivanka's left, <laughs> and probably is um, Eduardo uh, Eduardo Bolsonaro, and I, I'm guessing his wife and baby. This photograph was taken at the White House on January fourth, twenty twenty one. That would be two days. Count them two days before. The insurrectionists stormed the Capitol. Eduardo Bolsonaro was in Washington, D.C. By the way, Ivanka is that little baby's godmother. Now, I know you're thinking, wait a minute, I thought she's Jewish. Jewish people aren't, don't have godparents, well, or aren't godparents. Well, I guess when you're talking about the Bolsonaro family and the Trump family, yeah, <laughs> I guess they are. So Ivanka Trump is Jair Bolsonaro's grandson's godmother. Got that? Uh, it, 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 bear with me because I'm trying to keep it all straight here. Not only that, Eduardo was hanging with Donald after the insurrection. He met with him. And now Jair... Papa Bolsonaro, the, the deposed leader whose followers attempted an insurrection storming the Capitol, the Supreme Court, and the, the president's office or whatever in, in, um, in Brazil um, and taking over for a while. It's now under, back under government control. Uh, Lula's, you know, government has control of it again. But, you know, not until after they did major damage. I mean, this was, um, it, it just was not good, right? And now Jair Bolsonaro, guess where he is? He fled Brazil because he was afraid his passport was going to be taken. Daddy, Grandpa Bolsonaro, 
is in Florida. Because of course he is. It's Florida. And Donald is here. And if you want to believe that one has nothing to do with the other, then you're not paying attention. So insurrection copycats. Hmm. Interesting. And, you know, Steve Bannon helped push this along as well. He's been tweeting, I guess he still tweets, I don't know, that that um, the, the election, which, by the way, happened on October 30th. The election was rigged. It was stolen. It was a fraud. Are you kidding me? And these idiots are still claiming that what happened here on January 6th was not an insurrection. They're claiming that what, what you saw What happened did not actually happen. Who are you going to believe, me or your lion eyes, right? So, keeping in mind that Friday was the second anniversary of the attempted coup, the beginning of the attempted coup, because believe me, it hasn't ended yet. These people, and I hesitated before I used that word, but I couldn't think of a better one to use at the moment that wouldn't be offensive, and I'm trying to be less offensive. Um, these people, really, uh, they have not given up. This is going to go on again. So on Friday, of course, Marcy Wheeler was here. And I thought that was the what we should do on that second anniversary. But on Thursday, I taped an interview with a photojournalist named Nate Gowdy, who was at the Capitol that day. He was there, as a, a I guess, as a freelancer, but covering the event that was supposed to happen. We, you know, we didn't know ahead of time it was going to be an instruction, but some of us did. Some of us were warning people, stay away from D.C. on the 6th because it's going to be ugly. I knew it. You want to tell me the authorities didn't? Anyway, this photojournalist was there, uh, Nate Gowdy, and he shot some pictures But he thought it was worth more than just a little photo array on Rolling Stone magazine's website. So he published a book. And it's pretty damning. It's a book of photographs. So today is actually a good day to watch the show on video because I share a bunch of those photographs with you. Uh, We taped this again on Thursday. All the days are running together. So uh, I guess with no further ado... Hold on, I gotta make sure that 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 we don't have feedback when I do this. Uh, it's always a challenge when I hit it. All right, so to the videotape. Oh, uh, I guess with no further. No. Um, Hold on, I gotta make sure that. Okay, well that's not it. Oh, I see. Okay, first of all, why do I have audio coming back, and that's the wrong clip I played? Okay, let's try it this way. I'm happy to welcome our next guest, though I kind of hate the subject matter, but uh, it's one we must talk about, and especially as this anniversary rolls around. So we are actually recording this interview on Thursday. All right. Well, I'm, I'm happy to 5th. welcome our so next day guest. Before, so I, I kind of hate the subject of matter, the uprising but, uh, at the Capitol. It's one we the must talk about, and especially I call it, as this and that's anniversary what our guest, Nate Gowdy, calls it. It's, in fact, the title of his book, Insurrection. And, Nate, this is a, this is a special book because you're a photojournalist. You were at the Capitol on January 6th, 2021, um, covering the event for Rolling Stone? Uh, yes, I was on assignment for them. It was my uh, just my second time working with them. And and did you what did you expect was going to happen that day? Uh, you know, I, I'd been to 30 uh, MAGA rallies and Trump appearances uh, leading up to that, and so I'd seen my fair share of uh, toxic Americana, and you know, and um, you know, I expected more of more of the same, more or less, uh, until the the flight there uh, the evening before. Um, it was the first time in my life I'd been on a plane where the dichotomy of people's views was so in your face. Um, half half the passengers were wearing the telltale red hats. Oi. And and MAGA merch and then the other half were just people predominantly of color trying to get from one place to another in peace. And the MAGA crowd kept uh, 
you know, starting chants of USA, USA in four more years. And, and, uh, it was obnoxious. And, uh, so I knew right then that it was, this was going to be a little different, but I definitely, uh, didn't foresee it becoming deadly. Well, that was the flight into DC from where, where were you coming from? So I was, uh, I'd been uh, in Atlanta uh, covering the historic Senate runoffs in Georgia and uh, had flown and had and flew into Baltimore uh, and then took a train to D.C. Uh, late on January 5th. So when you got to the Capitol um, and, and basically the book uh, unfolds in chronological order. So um, the first photos and it, and it is a story told in photographs with a little bit of text as you explain what was going on. Um so you got there. In fact, the, the first photo that we see in the book um, is this one. I'm going to put it up on the screen real fast. Uh, we see people, for those just listening to an audio stream and not seeing the video, it, you see the Capitol in the background. You see four masked people, because this was right at the height of COVID, uh, holding signs, Biden fraud elect, don't steal my vote, GOP sucks, and a hill to die on. So were these some of the first people you encountered when uh, when you got there? Yeah, that was uh, that that photo uh, was a that wasn't actually my first photo. That was a um, a trans photo uh, or a transition photo after the introduction and forward. And uh, but it, uh, in the next next photo is the first ones I among the first I took that day. But uh, but the photo we just viewed uh, was very soon after. And so yeah. So this one, the first one in the chronological order, ten forty one twenty three a.m. And these just look like people out in D.C. ready to have a good time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they, and you know, and and uh, many people. That's that's kind of uh, yeah. The, the, their president called them to D.C. and they they were there to to uh, you know serve their president. Uh, and so the day went on. When did you realize that this was not going to be a typical Trump rally? Uh, was it early on when you see people masked and carrying um, uh, what what appears to be sort of makeshift weaponry? Yeah, sure. I was um, uh, I was on my I was I felt like I was running late. I was very tired uh, after days in Atlanta and rural Georgia, and <clears throat> I was walking toward the ellipse where I heard uh, the crowd. And before I got there, in between the Capitol and the Washington Monument, I uh, crossed paths with uh, a contingent of uh, of what who appeared to be militiamen uh, chanting "F word Antifa," Oy. and and they were equipped with you know as you can see uh, uh, concealed identities, uh, ballistic helmets, tactical vests, uh, you name it. And uh, and I immediately uh, the man in the middle on the on the picture on the right uh, with the bullhorn, uh, I'd photographed him several times in the years past. Uh, his name is Ethan Nordin, and I'm coming from Seattle. I'm Seattle based, and he's actually from Auburn, which is a suburb of Seattle. So so I knew him to be a proud boy, a prominent proud boy lieutenant. And uh, yeah, so I, so I, you know, I, 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 but I didn't know if it was just the proud boys or if it was a mixture of. Uh, of militants. Yeah, but they were everywhere. Now, um, we had heard and we learned a lot of this stuff from the uh, the, the, the nine, uh, the, the, sorry, the January 6th hearings um, where we learned that um, that a lot of people were were gathering outside of the area where the speech was being given at the ellipse because they didn't want to go through the magnetometers. Could you tell the, what that was going on? Yeah. So I, I never, I never made it there um, because I was, I was alone and I was walking toward, toward it. And then I crossed paths with this gang of large gang of, you know, roughly 200 to 300 militants. And, and so I, I had a choice to make, go to Trump's rally where the rest of the press corps was or, uh, or follow this story. You know, it was like as if these men were, the rally hadn't even started, I don't think. And, and it was almost as if they were ditching class early you know, up to no good. So at what time, what point did you feel personally threatened? Like, did you ever feel really in danger? Yeah. Yeah. 10, uh, almost exactly 10 minutes in into encountering them. Um, I was attacked. I was lunged at and that photographs in the book and, uh, and, uh, uh, 
masked individual uh, lunged at me and and they started uh, yelling that I was fake news and, and Antifa even after I, I raised my arms and identified myself as a, a pre, you know a photojournalist for Rolling Stone um, and that's yeah um, I you know I had felt like my camera would offer me a, a little safety you know there's power in, in being able to take pictures and, and they're aware of optics too and uh, but no just 10 minutes in they attacked me and and as you can see in the images there are men in the wings uh, ready to pounce if 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 it escalated when you say men in the wings are you're talking about other insurgents or police uh, yeah, the the other insurgents uh, in the in the photos on page. Uh, let me uh, right you know right at the start. Okay, yeah, uh, that, uh, you know everybody looks really threatening. I mean, there are the masks, and um, in fact, you wrote that you were you you had an N95 mask on um, because obviously you are um, uh, conscientious of that stuff. Now, a lot of these people are wearing face coverings, but they, they don't appear to be of the, the face coverings of the kind that would protect them against disease. It seems more like um, in place to protect their identities from them being recognized, perhaps. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, uh, they're they're they have masks on to conceal their identities, and I was on the other hand wearing an N95 because uh, at that point there was no vaccine, and it was the uh, uh, it was the deadliest day of the pandemic to date with four thousand reported deaths. Right, uh, and so yeah, that was a real a real risk. Now, so how far, obviously you never went through the magnetometers, you didn't go into the rally area, you stuck with the crowds and you you kept snapping pictures all along, sometimes kind of surreptitiously because you didn't want these people to know you were taking their pictures? Uh, Oh yeah, I would say the majority of the images in the book, uh, especially after the attack happened at, at, you know, started, the insurrection started at 1255 at the Peace Monument. Um, I would say most of the pictures uh, were taken, uh, you know, where I have outstretched arms or I'm shooting from the hip and, uh, and usually looking in, in a, in the general direction opposite of, of where I'm taking the picture because uh, these people are suspicious of me because of due to my uh, you know my ma- my n95 mask uh, because the, many of them are covid denialists right and and my uh, my cameras which identifies me and others me as a uh, quote unquote fake news to them. <laughs> and then when they found out you're with Rolling Stone that must have uh, further inflamed them because that's considered you know uh, uh, counterculture yeah. or something I guess. Sure. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people actually, you know, they don't read Rolling Stone, so they don't know how political it is and just that it's a music magazine. And so a lot of people like, oh, I love rock and roll, too. You know, (laughs) but uh, but these no, Yes. The Proud Boys. uh, Once I said Rolling Stone, they they're like, oh, yeah, they're mocking me and and doing voices like this, like, oh, I'm with Rolling Stone. (laughs) And uh, definitely. Yeah, definitely didn't matter to them. Um, so um, again, we're speaking with Nate Gowdy. He's, he's got a book out. It's uh, uh, just filled with photographs from January 6th at the Capitol. Did you ever go into the Capitol itself or did you stay outside the whole time? You know, I, I, I had uh, my I didn't have I had very poor cell reception and data. And so uh, that wasn't really an option to see what was happening. And plus, you're in, in kind of I'm in survival mode. Uh, you know, this this photo right here that you have up was the second time I was attacked. Just uh, just a moment after the the uh, five police patrols at the uh, perimeter fence at the Peace Monument were swiftly overpowered. And this guy yells F you and, and shoves me off a three foot ballot straight just for having a camera and uh uh, yeah i I won't say your question again i got got well i was asking if you ever made it into the capitol instead you you were outside just shooting what was happening around you yeah, so I never, uh, no, I, I did never made it into the Capitol because you know every everyone watching this unfold at home knew much more than I did. I thought right. the extent of the spectacle was uh, was at the inaugural staging area uh, where the attack started. I uh, I was with the front men when it all started, and then I was uh, attacked by that individual in the last photo, and then I. Um, 
and I lost my uh, a position at the front of the, you know, at the battlefront. And, uh, and it's a mob. So it's really hard to navigate when you're in the middle of that kind of thing. And, and these surging bodies and men yelling all around you, you know, war cries and adrenaline, sur- you know, and adrenaline. And so I, uh, I, I didn't know that the capital had the interior of the capital had been breached in eight locations until around 420 when I summited a crow's nest scaffolding in my phones in this photo uh, to the left of the middle finger. I summited that and I, uh, I, I you know, discovered that uh, um, they'd gotten inside and, and my phone. That's when my phone started pinging with a barrage of concerned texts from loved ones uh-huh. and uh, and and news alerts. And that's kind of yeah, that's the first time I, I knew this the, this scene right here, this spectacle of a of a of a you know, space historically reserved for stately pomp and circumstance, um, and decorum and, and dignitaries, you know, was overrun. I, I thought that was it. Uh, uh, well, I thought that was it, too. You know, I was sitting watching it unfold in real time from here in my studio, just in disbelief that this was happening. Then we saw um, uh, there was I, I don't know who was doing live coverage, somebody uh, when I guess. um Oh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on her name. The woman that was killed trying to crawl through the window to get into the speaker to get into the house chamber um, when she was wheeled out. You know, and the 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 the, the journalist, the you know, the reporter doing the stand up said, "I think that's a body being wheeled out." I mean, it was surreal. It must have been terrifying for you. Now, have you ever been in the midst of of like a combat zone in your in your photojournalist travels? Because this must no, have I'm, felt that way. I'm 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 no war photographer. No, I, I actually said I've always been drawn to politics, and I set out. Uh, to photograph presidential politics starting in 2015. Since then, I've been to over 300 events across, you know, uh, pre- you know, uh, politics and protest events across 25 states. And so I've, I've seen it, uh, you know, I thought I'd seen it all. And, um, but no, I, I sought out, I sought out politics, you know, presidential politics in particular, because uh, rallies and town halls are, are, you know, generally in contained spaces, uh, you know, stage spaces with, uh, you know, where the attendees have a, a fair expectation of being photographed. And so it felt safe. And so then when, um, when, you know, we didn't, when, you know, the first female president wasn't inaugurated and, and here we are, um, you know, everything bled out into the streets, uh, which uh, ultimately have become, uh, you know, demonstrations become violent uh, on both sides. And so I, uh, yeah, I never thought we'd be here, but I'm, 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 I've been trying to see the story through. Now, have you been following? Did, did you sit riveted watching the hearings as they unfolded on television? Sure did. I, I, I really, you know, the hearings, it reminded me of my own, uh, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> Uh, commitment to making this book. I hear I was a lot, you know, when the hearing started, everyone was like, get it out, get it out, you know, and, 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 and I was continuing to write the, you know, 5,000 words of contextual timestamped captions, uh, pairing my observations with the general plot points of the day, uh, kind of basically what's not in front of my lens as well as what's, what, what, what you're seeing in those images. And I, uh, um, Oh, oh man, I I got off track. I forgot where we were again. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. No, just you know, watching the hearings unfold oh, and right and yeah, but no, I thought I, I was basically synthesizing lots of information into a digestible account, and I I just felt that the the hearings the J six committee has done a master job masterful job of uh, of telling the story of that day, um, and with all uh, yeah, I'm I'm. I'm really kind of in awe of how well they've well nice of a job they've done because so many people just think of chaos, you know, but there's so many different aspects of to the day. And I've really tried to make sense of it for for the for readers of this book. Right. So now you finish up the day. The the Capitol's cleared out. You've got um, I don't know. I'm I'm guessing you shoot digitally. Uh, You've got all your stuff. So you were on assignment for Rolling Stone. So what 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 wound up going into the magazine 
from that day's work. Yeah, well, uh, print is print is not doing so well. So yeah. it went, it went. Uh, the, you know, twenty five of the images uh, went on an online slideshow up. Uh, you know, at, around noon on January seventh, and so uh, yeah. But but this this book contains one hundred twenty four images I took from that day and in chronological order. So when did you know you had a book? Well, I always I've always been kind of photo book oriented and, and dreamed of doing this in my 12 years as a photographer. Uh, but I always thought it would be of, of the whole kind of the era. It would be a tomb of, of a, you know, all these, uh, you know, moments from all these events I've been to and didn't think I would start here. Um, you know, but it, I got the idea for it when in September of 2020, um, I was meeting my then partner's parents and uh, she had warned me not to uh, not to uh, talk about politics Uh-oh. with them as they're very <laughs> Trumpian and and to redirect the conversation when her dad and her father would try to bait me. And, well, I, I, I did a nice job until dinner time and we had a few drinks in us and I and he was droning on, you know, Fox News, you know, regurgitating Fox News talking points. And I said, hey, you know, I was there. I was at the insurrection and he blew his top. Because you, know, you called like, it an insurrection? Yeah, he's like, what insurrection? And, and this whole overcrowded Italian restaurant we, at, we were at looked in our direction and we got into it. And I, I, I ended up picking up the tab because that's the kind of person he is. And then, it, you know, it, it got worse from there and, and it didn't help my relationship, but it did uh, solidify my resolve in, in making this book and calling it exactly what it is, insurrection. An insurrection. It, and it, it absolutely was. It is. I don't know how anyone can call it anything different. The literal literal definition. Uh, although, you know, this guy had been brainwashed by decades of Fox News's delusions, propaganda and, and, and you know, falsehoods. Uh, he, you know, and lies, blatant lies. And, you know, and so he, had, you know, he probably thought it was, you know, thinks it was a Fed surrection or, or that these people were tourists or that, uh you know, yeah, you know what else? You know, or that the Antifa dressed up in Trump caps and, right. and this, and and I can, I, I'm here to say none of that is true. And um, and all you have to do is look at, you know, I have po- I have photos. You do. You've got proof here. So, um, not to get too personal, but are you still with this woman? And have you sent the father a copy of the book? Uh, we're not. No, she uh, basically. Uh, I love her to death. Um, but I, I, you know, I photograph insurrection and she, fo- she, she paints, uh, uh, unicorns <laughs> and so, uh, politics because of her parents is very triggering for mm. her. And, and, uh, I've, I've, I've entertained the idea of sending her father a book, uh, and thanking him. Uh, but no, I don't, I don't think that would help anything. Wow. Um, I, I understand, I, but I, 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 I See, I wouldn't be able to hold my tongue with someone like that. Uh, The proof is right there. I mean, how could anybody watch what happened and 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 deny it? But that's that's the the reality we're in these days. So the picture I have up on the screen now, the time is five oh seven forty five. By then, the the Capitol is being cleared out. Right. But it, it looks like is that tear gas? On the that's, yeah, yeah, that's that's tear gas. It was a very, very windy day. And there were, you know, chemical pollutants through, and, you know, that had infiltrated the air everywhere. You know, there was no way to avoid it. And this here it was worse, you know, because the the police reinforcements were going on the, you know, for the first time going on the offensive. And so, uh, but, you know, I can tell you, I'm wearing an N95 among people who, who don't believe in COVID or wearing masks. Um, I felt pretty smug much of the day, you know, as they were coughing, uh, you know, coughing up a lung, you know, on, on, you know, because of tear gas and caustic chemicals. And, and I, I could breathe just fine. Wow. Uh, yeah. So do you have uh, like any kind of PTSD from this day? Does it do, have you been back to the Capitol since? Do you do you have a feel of un, a feeling of unease? Great, great question. Um, uh, I'd like to say, you know, a lot of a lot of people uh, who are involved in that day have very real trauma. Yeah. And and I was attacked twice. And I, and I you know, and 
I wasn't as afraid as I probably should have been in the moment because I think uh, I was probably confusing fear with excitement. You know, I was just happy to be there that I wasn't missing it. Um, I had missed Charlottesville years before yeah. and because I had been photographing a friend's wedding and, and that really, you know, I really felt bad about that, which is something's wrong with me. Um, but basically I, uh, uh, Gosh, I I for <laughs> I for I, I I digress enough. I forgot what was your question. Now about if you if if you've been back to the Capitol oh. and if you've if you experience any kind of PTSD. Yeah. Uh, you not that I know of. I'm definitely, definitely still processing uh, that, you know, that day and, and kind of especially when I see footage of it and documentaries and surveillance footage and and I see myself and it's very scary to watch um, now in retrospect. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I'm fine. I'm fine. And um uh, I, I, the only time I've been back was, uh, cause I do live in Seattle, uh, was, was two weeks later for, uh, the Joe Biden's uh, presidential inauguration. Uh-huh. And, you know, and of course that was a fortified, uh, uh, you know, barricades everywhere, fences everywhere. Uh, you know, that was really a non-event to photograph unless you were, at the ceremony, which they weren't letting people in. So ma- many members of the press couldn't even uh, see him be sworn in. And so even, even those, you know, on assignment for Rolling Stone. And so I was around the perimeter, just kind of hunting for anything, you know, for photos and like to think I did pretty good that day, but there wasn't much to photograph except hmm. for soldiers and police and, and, and journalists are, are just a, there were more journalists than, than demonstrators. And, and so basically, uh, yeah, trolling for photos. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through these photos. And if you're watching the video, you're seeing them um, quickly as they go by. Uh, the, seeing them in the book, they are, are magnificent. Um and you know this is it's a it's a slice of history we we lived through something huge um it's not quite over yet because i think that the 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 man who inspired all this needs to be held accountable um do you think he will and and do you think that your photographs from that day your book insurrection provides a good historical record especially in this time so I'm I'm proud and and confused that this is this is literally the only photo book of of that visually chronicles that day hmm. uh, to date that exists, and so and I'm that surprises me because I'm just a just a you know documentarian you know fine art fine art document documentary fine art. Uh, photographer from Seattle. And so that confuses me. And I think, uh, uh, you know, I'm very proud that these images have been used to hold people accountable. Uh, I, you know, the FBI has been to my office. Uh, that was funny because when the agent came, he, you know, and I, in the movies, they show their badge. Yeah. Well, he, uh, his badge fell out of his wallet when he did that. And, and so, but the, you know, and they didn't even have a hard drive that was formatted for Max on them, <laughs> you know, so they had to, that was funny. And so, you know, and here people think the deep state is, is so capable. And, and then, uh, um, and then I was the eyewitness in a, in a two day landmark trial in Santa Fe in August in which, uh, the defendant, Coy Griffin, he, he's, he, his claim to fame is Trump, Donald Trump retweeted him when he, uh, when he said, uh, the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. And he's, well, he also happened to be an Otero County commissioner. And, uh, basically the, the trial was the first since 1869 to, uh, to bar him from holding office uh, ever again. Wow. Uh, because of section 3 of the 14th amendment which is the disqualification clause. And the fir- and the and the reason the plaintiffs filed that was not only to go after him to set you know rough not direct but 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 a precedent in that it's a roadmap to try and other insurrectionists who will hold office and so um you know trump has evaded all accountability so far so i don't like to make guesses but uh uh i'll yeah i I guess i'm just crossing my fingers Uh, yeah you and me both 
You and me both. One last question for you, Nate Gowdy. This book almost didn't happen. So I talked about the day ends. You're, you know, wrapping up. You realize this, the, the amazing bits of history that you've got on your, I'm guessing, you know, SD cards until you realize that you don't have your cameras anymore. What happened? Yeah. So I, um, it was, so the insurrection happened on a Wednesday and it was Friday and I was spent, I'd stayed up all night that night, you know, on the sixth, uh, editing, calling and editing, processing photos. And, uh, and then I, I was just, and I'd been through an insurrection. And so I was, I was just spent and fatigued and I was checking in with my dad while waiting for my train at union station in DC and realized I was running late for my train. And so I got up, uh, and I accidentally left my bag backpack in my seat and that backpack, you know, usually that's, that's, so it's right on me with my, all my most important things, my, my, uh, my camera and my computer and my hard drives. And, and I got back, I ran back and it was two with, you know, probably two, three minutes and it was gone. And it was, that was the trauma I experienced. It was losing, uh, that you know my my documentation of the most historic thing I'd ever photographed, and uh, that you know I would have given an arm or a leg for my photos back. And long story short, my community it was humbling. My community uh, really came through for me, uh, trying you know trying to uh, set me up to get back out there, you know, making more photos and and just reminding me that it's not the photos that matters it's me that ma- who mm-hmm. matters mm-hmm. and um and well a, a, an acquaintance on facebook who i i hadn't seen in maybe a decade and and don't know too well except for uh being acquaintances connected on social media uh did some sleuthing and found it listed on the online oh. marketplace and that you know and and so that was huge but still it was like wow so close yet so far and so um he uh so i reached out and they they got spooked easily and so i just did a you know a threw a hail mary and uh said you know hey you know <clears throat> these that's my camera it's unmistakably my camera it's banged up and no one treats like it like is like and no one's gonna buy it it's beat to beat the heck and and also that the computer that was with it is six years old no it's not worth anything either and uh, you know and so uh no response for hours i had lost hope again which was which I felt very defeated. Got on my plane and was adrenaline still going. Um, and uh, when I landed in Seattle, my friends who we'd been messaging the seller through uh, said, "Hey, they want they want you to give them a call." And so uh, that's huge because phone number, the police, I'd filed a police report and the police can do a lot, find out a lot with a phone number. And they had the Amtrak police. I I felt like they'd been bored and this was an adventure for them. They, they were went out of their way to help, but weren't optimistic, but now they were key because they said, well, Hey, you need to, you need to, I taught, you need to lure them back to the scene of the crime because that's the only place they have jurisdiction. And, and so basically, uh, 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 but I spoke to the seller, the thief on the phone, and, and they were all like, you know, praise be to God that he has brought us together <laughs> and that we can help each other, you know, as they attempted to extort me for $2,000. Oh my! And, and so, uh, uh, but anyway, um, again, long story short, my friend coordinated with police, a, a sting with police who, who waited in the wings as he met with them uh, the next day, uh, Monday. And, uh, and once my friends identified all my things, uh, the police closed in and, and I, you know, I'd like to note the, the thief, the individual, it was more than one person, but in this case they had one, they detained one person and he, uh, he, he's banned for life from union station. Uh, I don't want this happening to other travelers, uh-huh. uh, but I, I did not file a police report because that was never my intention. It was, it was to get my things back and, and not to make this person's life harder. I mean, already. Yeah. Anyway. Wow. Well, that that was very nice of you. Um, uh, hopefully that person learned a lesson. 
I hope so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think many of the insurrectionists did because, well, look what's happening in the House this week. Well, uh, I'd like to note that I have a photo in there of, of Robert Scott Palmer, who for a long time there had the longest sen- sentence and uh, what, 63 months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I have a picture of him raising his shirt, pointing to his belly button because he'd been he had a he had a rubber bullet belly button wound. Right. Oh. And and he was yelling in the photo, You shot me. You shot me at the police. I didn't do anything. <laughs> and then, you know, it comes out and I didn't know who he was at the time that he'd been the guy who threw, you know, who hurled fire extinguisher at officers and had been throwing poles like spears. And and it's just remarkable that that these people that this guy only got 63 months. You try try throwing a fire extinguisher yeah. at, you know, at the authorities, at law enforcement, and getting only 63 months. Wow. That's him, the, the photograph on the right, right? Yeah, that's him. And so, yeah, for the longest time, he had the longest sentence of only 63 months. Wow. Well, uh, again, uh, the prosecutions are not done. Um you know, who knows? Maybe they'll they'll pull out some of your photographs as evidence in some of these trials. Uh, quite, quite a few of the photographs are on the FBI's most wanted list from that for that day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, um, uh, congratulations on the book. Is this your first? It's 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 my first monograph. Yes, it's my second book. I did a I was commissioned by Seattle Public Schools in 2020 to do a book uh, uh, uh an only of its kind book as well uh uh celebrating LGBTQIA+ students, families and staff of the Seattle Public Schools. Oh, how nice. I live in Florida. Something like that would never happen here under our current fascist governor. And that's also why we haven't you know, it's kind of flying under the radar because we're we're uh, my supervisor, the, health, the districts, you know, of 100 schools as health manager is afraid to promote it for fear that Fox News will get get a hold of it. And 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 and, you know, the families who participated, you know, who are out and proud will uh, will be harassed. Right. Oh, what strange times we live in, you know. Uh, I I don't understand some people. Uh, Nate Gowdy, thank you for joining us. Thank you for releasing this book because it is it is a moment of history. I I mean, I'm sure you can imagine uh, children and grandchildren down the line, um, you know, looking back on your documenting one of the scariest days I've ever lived through. I've I've had quite a people, few people, you know, uh kindly thank me for uh you know uh, while adding that you know this is something they they want their they want their children and grandchildren to see know and study and uh, so this doesn't happen again and that's very humbling uh it's a first draft of history uh and i'm you know and you you people viewers can uh it's available at a uh, uh, my website uh um nategowdy.com yeah. yeah, and I have a, I have a lot of books to sell. So, uh, and so, you know, it's hard it's hard to self publish. Right now, on your website, you do there's a thing about the the first edition, um, signed limited edition that's already sold out. But what what is available? Yeah, the the, the first edition soft cover run, a run of over 600 books sold out uh, in late summer, uh, which felt great. Meaning this this whole endeavor has the model has worked, mm-hmm. and there is a desire for people to have something that they can hold and sit with, you know, and have you know and contemplate and and sh- you know point to and you know and show their friends and loved ones. And and I uh, so now what's available is I, I have worked with a fabulous printer out of new jersey um and my uh it's all so i have a six by eight hardcover and a nine by eleven hardcover and i'd also like to you know shout out my editor lisa van dam bates who you know this book wouldn't be what it is without her she's she's in her in you know she's generally a a horror filmmaker and a technical writing editor uh you know not not a but she she she's a friend and i and brilliant and she did this and and killed it and then uh and then also michael rowe who's a canadian author um and he uh, you know this this book wouldn't complete be complete without his introduction and then i'm very proud uh uh that 
DC Metropolitan Police Officer Daniel Hodges, the officer who's probably second in name recognition from that day, only to Michael Fanone as mm-hmm. an officer defending the Capitol. Uh, I got acquainted with him at the trial in Santa Fe. Uh, turns out he's an English major and a damn good writer. And so he, uh, he he penned the forward in in one week's time and and uh yeah i'm just very proud of the whole com- yeah the complete thing and every, yeah all we put into it as you should be well thank you for coming on today it's a it's a weird anniversary to mark but one that we must cuz as you said we can never forget this can't happen again nate gowdy the book is insurrection get all the details at nategowdy.com nate it was a pleasure to meet you thanks so much for sharing all this with us Hey, Nicole, it's it's thanks again for the opportunity. This is I. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for letting me talk about this stuff. Nate Gowdy, a photojournalist. And I got to tell you, for if you were only listening to this, uh, this episode on an audio stream, you might really want to check out the video. It'll be up on YouTube. It'll also be posted on my website. I post every episode on the website with the date it aired. So for instance, today is January 9th, 2023. The episode is um, will be posted at NicoleSandler.com slash 1-9-23. Very simple. Um, and it, it's amazing because we still have people. There's a there's a somebody in the chat room, uh, Josh Quigley, who's like, it's not an insurrection when you're invited in. By the way, Josh when you're invited is Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. When you're invited, as you wrote it, Y-O-U-R, it, it, it assumes that you're a, an invitation or something. Anyway, aside from being the grammar police, you're also wrong. Uh, Donald Trump did not have any authority to invite anybody into the Capitol. He could have invited them to the White House. You'll notice he didn't. And he's still arguing with people. You're the ones that choose not to see. It's on video. Oy, oy, oy. Why didn't Nancy accept the National Guard when they were offered? Josh Quigley, turn off Fox and read the January 6th report, you fucking moron. Hey, Josh, I got a little song for you. I just need you to shut the fuck up because nobody asked you, bitch. All right, Josh, I hope you heard that. That's for you. All right. Uh, Robert Naples. Hi. What'd you think of, uh, of Nate? That was a great interview. I enjoyed that. That was good. Good. And you didn't even get to see the pictures, right? You're in the car. No, I'm driving. I'm from going back to Clearwater, back to Naples, and uh, and you 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 got me out of 28 minutes. It was beautiful. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know where that, but 20 minutes. I was riveted. It was really, really good. You know, I didn't know the Amtrak had their own police. I didn't know That's that either. Cool. I didn't know that well, either. Sure. I'm not going to pee on the seat anymore. So <laughs> sure okay. Anyway, um, by the way, Josh, go fuck yourself. You yeah, really. Me. Listen here. No, listen, Josh. Josh, it, nobody was getting in. It was COVID. There was no nobody getting in that White House. There was, nobody was to be invited there. <laughs> you dumb buckler. <laughs> Tell him what you um, really think. Yep. Yeah, nope. no, I'm done with him. Yeah. Listen, I got the, the Brazil thing. You don't think at this point they went in there and they what? They destroyed a few things. And they got nothing out of it. What did they get? Well, they, tw- they 1,200 arrests overnight. 12. Yeah. Hu- it took How us much? months. I'm so to- jealous, <laughs> Right, I'm you and me both. I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, you know, I that we didn't have a telethon a day after that say, hey, any one of you motherfuckers know this asshole? What right. about this one? Oh, yep. Okay, hey, yep. here's $100, $200. <laughs> I want to give $1,000 fucking for half of the bastards that, that did the worst damage. I would have... I would have chipped in for that. Yeah. You know, we, 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 you know what? They, their own family would have turned them in. They say, you know what? I just saw my uncle. You know, yep. that's, that's a kid down the street. You know, give me a hundred dollars. Right. You know, we, it would have been, it would have been perfect. They would have, yeah. we would have got every one of them. Every one yeah, of them. Yeah. You know what the problem was? What, here's the problem, Robert. Too many of the cops were, were in line with them. That was, yes. I think the problem. 
too many of them were yeah. sympathetic to the insurrectionists. Yeah. Just like the Social Security, uh, Social Security, the Social Service, not Social Service, Secret Service. Motherfucker, I can't think right now, driving. Um, but the Secret Service, I, I got a bad feeling that one or two yeah. or three are still there. Well, apparently, you know, I, apparently, so does Joe Biden. He even said that he it, it's weird that he can't trust his own Secret Service detail. So at, at least we're not the only ones thinking it. It's, you know, and it's oh, funny that they're the ones who talk about the deep state. Excuse me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's opposite and, world. Uh, so, all right, listen, I got I to gotta pay attention to the road. <laughs> yes, you do. Hey, thank you. Hey, Josh, again, go fuck yourself. Yeah, he did. Uh, thanks, thanks, Joe. Interesting. Bye, Robert. It's interesting that um, uh, Josh has been silent in the chat room ever since I played a little song for him. Guess he didn't like the welcome that we gave him. It's what happens when you're a troll and you invade my chat room. Okay, good news. Tomorrow is that Tuesday. Gotta laugh, we'll be here tomorrow. So we got lots to talk about, okay? Lots to, to, to do. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering what happened to Will Bunch last week, damn, he forgot about us on Wednesday, just totally spaced out. I get it. I've Believe me, I've been there. He just forgot. He was very apologetic. But then he turns up on the broadcast on Thursday, the next day. Anyway, hopefully, maybe we'll get Will on uh, this week. (laughs) Josh. Josh Quigley, go home. All right. With that, we're done. I'll see you tomorrow. Laffy's here. (sighs) Oh, now go watch the House vote on the rules. That should be a lot of fun. All right. uh, We're done. I'll leave you with the news. And I hope you don't mind hearing um, that part, that part of uh, Hakeem Jeffries' speech again, because it's in What's News Today. See you later. Bye. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. The old adage has now been updated. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try 14 more times. The chaos that unfolded in the House last week with 14 failed votes for Speaker before Kevin McCarthy gave away every bargaining chip available and seemingly then some, he won the gavel in the 15th round of voting after the Florida man, Matt Gates finally relented. But at what cost? We'll get to that in a moment. When the 15th vote ended and McCarthy finally was declared winner, it fell to the new leader of the House Democrats, Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, to introduce McCarthy and hand over the gavel. Jeffries used the opportunity to deliver an epic speech, detailing the literal ABCs of the difference between today's Democrats and Republicans. House Democrats will always put American values over autocracy, benevolence over bigotry. The Constitution over the cult, democracy over demagogues, economic opportunity over extremism, freedom over fascism, governing over gaslighting, hopefulness over hatred, inclusion over isolation, justice over judicial overreach, knowledge over kangaroo courts, liberty over limitation, maturity over Mar-a-Lago, normalcy over negativity, opportunity over obstruction, people over politics, quality of life issues over QAnon, reason over racism, substance over slander, triumph over tyranny, understanding over ugliness, voting rights over voter suppression, working families over the well-connected, xenial over xenophobia, yes we can over you can do it, Impressive. Now, if you think things will get easier moving forward, you're not paying attention. The 118th Congress, now officially in session, is back today, Monday. First thing on the agenda is getting the rules package for the next two years passed. But many of the demands that McCarthy reportedly gave into weren't his assurances to give. So McCarthy's first big test in governing his Republican majority comes in a planned Monday night vote on the rules package, which Politico describes as, quote, the devolution of power away from leadership and towards the House Freedom Caucus. 
They're cautioning that if Monday night's vote goes down, the entire project unravels. And McCarthy can only lose four votes. That's a tall order, considering the makeup of the Republican caucus. In a somewhat related story, did you see what happened in Brazil over the weekend? Supporters of former Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro broke into the country's congressional building, Supreme Court, and presidential palace on Sunday. Brazil's newly elected president, Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva, described events there as barbaric and said a lack of security had allowed Bolsonaro's fascist supporters to breach barriers set up by the military. He also emphasized those responsible, quote, will be found and punished as police made at least 400 arrests in that first night alone. Lula blamed Bolsonaro for inflaming his supporters' baseless allegations about potential election fraud. Hmm. The president's allies also raised questions about how public security forces in the capital were so unprepared and easily overwhelmed by rioters who had been planning this event on social media for days. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, these breaches came about a week after the inauguration of Lula, who defeated Bolsonaro in a runoff election on October 30th. Bolsonaro reportedly denounced his supporters' actions on Sunday. His office previously said it would cooperate with the transition of power, but he hasn't conceded. And make no mistake, he fueled the efforts. As of Monday morning, Brazilian police had cleared all the protesters from the government offices. President Biden issued a statement saying, quote, I condemn the assault on democracy and on the peaceful transfer of power in Brazil. Brazil's democratic institutions have our full support and the will of the Brazilian people must not be undermined. Congressional Democrats are pressing Republicans to condemn the attack. House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries called it a, quote, sad but familiar sight, while some members are calling on the U.S. to extradite Bolsonaro from Florida. Yes, he's in Florida, just saying. By the way, Speaker Kevin McCarthy and Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell have both been silent so far. Closer to home, President Joe Biden visited the U.S.-Mexico border on Sunday, his first official visit as president, amid record levels of border crossings. Biden's visit to El Paso appeared largely focused on enforcement issues and speaking with border enforcement personnel. His flight was met by Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who gave Biden a letter outlining what he described as chaos on the border. Biden now heads to Mexico today, where he'll discuss immigration issues with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. So, You do know that COVID is still here and it's getting more serious, right? The new variant, XBB15, features mutations that are helping it spread more easily than other variants, jumped from 2% of U.S. COVID cases in early December to more than 27% in the first week of January. The WHO has called this new variant the most transmissible version of the Omicron variant yet. This new XBB15 is believed to account for more than 70% of cases in the Northeast. There's no evidence that it's causing more severe illnesses than other strains, but it has caused a new problem for public health officials as fresh misinformation blaming vaccines for the rise of the new variants is spreading thanks to people like, oh, Elon Musk at his new Twitter. Get vaccinated and wear a mask. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.